In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We confess the beauty of Jesus' ascension in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven, where he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. We confess these words with our mouths every Sunday so that our hearts may be set right. For when we say, He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, we are not saying that Jesus is sitting somewhere up above, far away in a place called heaven. We are not saying that the Lord sits on the right side of the Father, like at his right hand. The church is not saying that Jesus is sitting in a safe, socially distanced sort of way from us, far beyond our world, far away from us in another realm, outside of this earth, away from our touch or eyes or ears. No, dear saints, the right hand of God the Father Almighty is no set place in heaven. The right hand of God the Father Almighty is the place of God's almighty power, which fills the heavens and the earth. Jesus' ascension is when he takes his proper place in power, almighty and everlasting power, both in heaven and upon earth. And in this power, he shall judge the living and the dead. As the apostle has written, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace by the blood of his cross. This confession of the church, it has the power to set the Christian heart right and It sets the unbelieving heart ablaze. That Jesus who died, who was raised, who ascended to the right hand of God, this Jesus holds all power, both in heaven and on this earth. Not far beyond our world, but in our very midst, among us, holding all things together. Your breath your heart it hangs in his hands your mind your mouth 
your life, our world, the entire cosmos, the angelic hosts, all the company of heaven. That's what we are saying when we confess that Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We're saying he's in power over all things in heaven, yes, and on the earth. When asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Here on earth, in the midst of you, the power of Jesus is placed before our eyes. He's born of a virgin mother, rises by treading upon death. A school of fish leap at his very command. Bread is multiplied by his blessing. Water is transformed, or it's put to rest, or it's sent gushing forth by his breath alone. Jesus, he holds the power, all the power over every element of this earth. And the same Jesus ascends into heaven and announces his kingdom through the angelic hosts. The heavenly host never cease to serve their thunderer. In his honor, at his very coming, a star does him service as a soldier going before the Magi. A cloud waits upon him in obedience as he goes to the right hand of the Father. The evil spirits flee from him into herds of pigs before his almighty word. Jesus has power, all the power of the heavenly elements. He is, after all, at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And so, you must deal with this Jesus or rather, he must deal with you. He shall judge the living and the dead. And he, he deals with us just as he deals with death. He will swallow you up. In the first book, O Theophilus, Luke writes, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach. His power displayed in these two ways, what he did and in what he said. What did he do with this power? Well, St. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, the Jews seek signs and the Greeks ask for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are saved, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, to speak of Christ without a mention of his crucifixion is powerless. Christ, whom Paul simply calls the crucified, is the power of God. And though that is a stumbling block to those who seek signs and foolishness to those who seek wisdom, the church speaks of God who was born on the earth, God in bodily form, God who suffers, God crucified, God dying and buried in a tomb. And Christ crucified does not lessen the vigor of our faith because others do not believe or it appears as foolishness to them. No, on the contrary, 
The church openly and persistently boldly proclaims this word for the whole earth to hear. That Jesus, whom a mother had borne, whom men had slain, whom the spear had pierced, the cross had stretched, he was, and is, and will be, the power and the wisdom of God. It is the Lord's way of dealing with your sin, of judging you with his almighty power. To the cross, he acted decisively. Your sin was nailed, swallowed up, put away, laid in the tomb, dead and buried, taken away from you, and removed as far as the east is from the west. The Lord does this very act for you, and he speaks. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he presents himself alive by many proofs, appearing and speaking, acting and teaching, doing and saying about the kingdom of God. The Lord must deal with you, and so he does specific acts, and he also speaks, for he desires not to be far away from you, but near you, in the very midst of you, coming to you in ways that you can see his action and in ways that you can hear him speaking. The Lutheran confessions, along with the early church and St. Augustine, have always held that the Lord comes to us in two ways. First, a visible word, a word which enters the eyes in his sacraments, where he appears before us physically in ways that we can see and touch. And secondly, in a word that is spoken, in a word that enters the ears, and a word that is heard of how he presents himself to us audibly, so that I may know that I am forgiven. When the Lord appeared to Moses, he came in a bush that did not burn. He presents himself as the living God, appearing in the flames which do not consume. And he speaks, Moses, Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The Lord does not merely appear in a burning bush and not speak a word. Nor does he speak his word out of thin air without appearing in a burning bush. And when Moses refuses to do what the Lord had called him to do because he was slow of speech and tongue, the Lord re replied, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute, deaf, or seen, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Who appears and who speaks? who presents himself as the living one by many proofs, appearing and speaking. In the kingdom of God, it is found in him, in our very midst, just as he promised, through his witnesses by the power of the Spirit. He says to his apostles on this day of his ascension that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Clinton. And it was so. The power of the Spirit comes upon you. 
the power of the Lord's cross. It swallows up hearts, eyes, ears, lives, and raises them to believe in the powerful forgiveness of their sins that are yours freely in Jesus. In the doing and in the speaking of his body, the church, of which he is the head, the eternal judge, and the conqueror of your sin and your grave, comes upon you here on earth, yes, in your very midst, through powerful ways, in the Holy Eucharist, in the waters of holy baptism, in holy absolution, the Lord Jesus comes, acting and speaking directly to you, all so that your heart shall be set right before him, judged, drowned, swallowed up, and raised, and forgiven, and set eternally free on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, our Lord, appears before you upon the altar of this place, in the midst of a dry and barren wilderness, in the middle of Missouri, here on holy ground, he presents himself alive before you, the one who lives forevermore, who dwells forever in the land of the living and places under his feet all your vanquished enemies, your sin, the power of your grave, death and hell, all dealt a fatal blow, by the power of his blessed cross, the place where the love and the wisdom and the power of God was made manifest in this world. The Almighty One who laid down his life so that he could take it up again now comes to lay yours down as well and swallows you up in the waters of baptism and raises you back up again in clothes of dazzling apparel in his very righteousness, fit for the eternal banquet on earth as it is in heaven. It is his power and his power alone that causes your heart to wait upon him, to yearn to be held by him as the cloud did on the day of ascension and as the mountain trembles before him on the day of transfiguration. Some have been given ears for the kingdom of God. Others have been given eyes, and unbelievers have neither. But you have been given both. Eyes to see the Lord alive in your very midst, appearing before you in the Holy Eucharist. Take, eat, this is my body. And ears to hear his blessed gospel for the forgiveness of your sins. Ask any Lutheran these two ways which the Lord deals with us in his word and in the sacrament. It has a powerful way of setting the heart in a right place. This confession of the church, that Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, that he is all-powerful in heaven and on earth, is a restful thing to the weary and heavy-laden soul, a comfort to the sin-stained conscience, a gift far beyond all understanding. Yet even more, 
The, the day is soon coming when you shall see the Lord face to face. Hear his voice. Speak your name and touch the very hands that were pierced for your transgressions. Happy Ascension. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.